0: We're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring the very best violence. No relationship. No emotions. Just sex.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Gratuitous Sex and Violence, the show where we... Put together a weird amalgamation of life's bo- two most precious components part man, part machine, part sex, part violence, all schlock. Mm, mm, <laughs>
0: mm, yes, <laughs>
1: yes, it will work. It will walk. My name is Orlando, and I'm joined by my co host, guest, and roommate, Ned. Say hi, Ned. What's happening? Are you ready to watch a great movie today? Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's going to be a
0: great movie. Yeah, I was going to say. Are I you feel ready like to watch? We'd probably have to qualify that. Are you ready to watch a schlocky movie today? That I am. Yes, that's what I signed up for today. I do not. I do not expect quality.
1: This is a first for the podcast. Because we have yet to watch a '70s movie, yeah. We're gonna watch a '70s movie tonight, yeah. Do you like the '70s aesthetic? Have you seen a lot of '70s movies?
0: You know, I, I uh, other than other than Star Wars, I'm actually struggling to uh, to think of any like s- like very '70s to the bone movies. Um, have wait. have you seen uh, *Godfather*? Uh. Yeah, a while ago. long. long seen the Chinatown time ago. China, yeah, Chinatown, I do like. Um, it took me a few views to kind of get on board with it, because um, it definitely has a slower, deliberate pace. Um, a great movie. Yeah, the 70s, yeah, I think the 70s might might actually be a bit of a challenging a challenging decade for me in cinema. Wait, um Blade Runner, was that a 70s? That's an 80s movie. Oh, that's an 80s. Okay.
1: Well, 70s yeah. movies have a very distinct aesthetic which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. Tonight's movie is Westworld. Yeah. A 1973 American science fiction film. Written and directed by Michael Crichton. Yes, (coughs) that Michael Crichton. Yeah. Now, this is also his directorial debut, but I know we recently saw Hellraiser, which was another, you know, film that was written and directed by a novelist. Yeah. But unlike that one, Westworld was never a novel. He only wrote the screenplay. And when he shopped it around, um, he, got, he, he was able to actually get on board as director. He had directed uh, something for, t- for television before, but never a feature film. So this is his feature film debut. Mm. It stars Yul Brenner, Richard Benjamin, and James Brolin. The plot concerns amusement park androids that malfunction and begin killing visitors. Mm. Ooh. Um, do you like fiction about androids, robots, stuff like that? I know we haven't done a lot of science fiction on this podcast yet, so this was another reason why we chose this. Tonight. Um, yeah,
0: I'm I am a pretty big fan of like stories that are like you know android focused, um, mm-hmm. specifically like the kinds of stories that sort of delve into the questions about the nature of AI and mm. uh, you know. Uh, uh, uh like uh ex Machina I think was, was one movie. of my favorite like yeah Ex Machina was was kind of fucked over by coming out the same year as Mad Max Fury Road. What that I always was- what I always say to people is like if if Mad Max hadn't come out then Ex Machina would have been hands down my favorite film that year. So mm. But they're both great. Yeah. Oh and yeah. And no, they're, they're both. Amazing. I think
1: they're different enough where you can enjoy
0: both of them. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. It was. It was just more like like Mad Max was just like this huge spoiler that just. Right. It was. It was way better. All other than movies are done. That, no more. No yeah, more movies. Pretty much, it was just like it just like was so much better than it had any right to be and just like. Was was just a, uh, I, I, you know, I, I hesitate to use the term perfect film, but I think Mad Max Fury Road film, it's pretty is, near is, perfect. Is a yeah, is a perfect
1: film. Certainly a perfect action film. This one is definitely not a perfect film. There's a lot of interesting (laughs) things about it uh, and it it actually asks a lot of the questions that you just brought up. So I'm excited to delve into it and talk about it. We're going to watch it and then we're going to come on the other end and and play some trivia and discuss the movie Um, for you guys at home who want to play along. This movie is actually not available to stream for free anywhere oh, or no. with subscription. Uh, you have to rent it on demand. Okay. Uh, Fandango has it starting at 2 dollars $2.99, and also you can find it on Amazon Prime. So, are you ready to watch Westworld? Ned, I am. And uh, oh, I guess we haven't mentioned this, of course, but we all know that Westworld is now a popular... Show on
0: HBO. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> have you um, seen the show? I've not actually. You haven't seen a single and, episode. And yeah, yeah. I have. I have somehow managed to miss the Zeitgeist. So um, this, I, I, I think I'm glad. I'm, I'm actually kind of like excited that like should the day come that I finally do get into the show mm-hmm. I'll have this film as a in the reference. back of my mind as a yeah a bit of a reference uh,
1: point. That's one it. of the other reasons why I'm excited to actually uh, watch this with you because I watched the, this the movie first also. Yeah, And I really think that it gives a really great context to the show. I will say that the show although it it really liberally borrows a lot of the elements from the movie it really is its own thing it's yeah. not this, not trying to tell the same story at all um, but yeah i feel like the 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 movie is just like yeah i mean you you'll see what i mean it, it just like creates this like really perfect nugget of possibilities yeah like the movie is almost the idea is too good for the movie. Yeah. You know? Okay. All right. So let's watch Westworld. Let's do it. All right, guys. So we're going to watch the movie. We'll see you on the other side.
0: Woo! I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys always bring the very best violence. No relationship. No emotions. Just.
1: are back most certainly we just saw westworld yeah
0: yeah we certainly did uh first reactions interesting yeah like really interesting um i i think i really liked the world building mm-hmm. they did they actually did quite a good job of sort of like giving us you know, giving us like a, a a pretty good view of like what this, you know, theme park is and sort of like, you know, a, a lot of detail going into like what's going on behind the scenes right. and as well as like what's going on with the guests as they're kind of, you know, getting acclimated to these consequence free mm-hmm. environments and all that. Um and it seems to, like, set up some, like... Like, there's some real... Like, I think the movie's first half is really strong with just kind of, like, how it's setting up the world and how it's kind of setting up the mm-hmm. core issue. And, you know, it... it, it and, and it kind of, you know, it hits its theme a little too on the nose as far as, like, the blaring announcements saying nothing will go wrong. right It's like, <laughs> of course something's gonna go wrong. And then, like, the... And then when the shit like really go south and they're obviously like hinting towards the fact that you know not all is as good as right. it would as you'd think but then like when things definitively go south like about halfway maybe a little past the halfway mm-hmm. point the third act definitely yeah but ba- yeah basically the third act like sort of tail end of the second act into the third it's like i don't know it just like it, it's like the movie just sort of decided to stop communicating with the viewer it felt mm-hmm. like it's it sort of it, it it was, it was almost like the film, the, the film just kind of vacated itself a little bit. Like the, the sort of the third act of the film was very sparse. There's no like yeah. people, it's like all Hardly the people are just dead and there's no dialogue and there's no like, there's no actual sort of like following up like on a textual level with mm-hmm. like what's actually going on with our protagonist. And it's like, and, and, and it, it really kind of made that, that, ending sequence really drag out because like you know you you get a lot out of how the you know the two main characters that were following through the park the one person who's been there at the park before and the other guy who's a newbie
1: like you get john and
0: peter john is the one who's been there longer yeah yeah john and peter and like and so you're you're yeah you're like you're like getting a lot about them from like their interplay with one right. another. But then when John dies, it's just like Peter. All, all Peter is doing for the rest of the film is running, right? Basically, and nothing else. I mean, and the first half of the movie
1: little... is very funny. Yeah, and there's a lot of like interesting you know questions that are brought up. I mean, there's interesting questions throughout the movie, but the yeah. set, But the 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 later part of the movie uh, when it's just Peter and the gunslinger pursuing him it almost it's like it almost like wanted to become a horror movie at that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and 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 it never yeah, it never really goes back to any of those threads that it like starts to draw out in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. It just it just switches to this to this horror film dynamic instead and and not necessarily a very good one at that. Like I think there was there was so much more tension just in the first time that Peter meets the gunslinger. Like, yeah. I remember actually, like, for that scene, I was actually, like, really stunned how, like, on the edge of my seat I was. Like, that first moment that, like, John's, like, being like, yo, fucking kill him. And Yul Brenner
1: sells it. He's, am- he's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and that's the only scene where he has dialogue. Really? Um, I think, Yeah. Yeah, basically. Or uh, yeah,
0: he yeah, delivers those
1: he... lines very well, and he ha- and he he has yeah. like the uh, the the mechanical movements down. Yeah, also. very
0: much so. He reminded me a lot of um, of uh, the T one thousand from uh, Terminator two. Uh, there's a very you know just sort of that that you know machine relentless pursuit mm-hmm. kind of thing going on, which was really cool. But yeah, there was just like so much more tension in that first moment that Peter meets him than in any of the third act chase. Like it's all pretty drawn out and 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 there's just like no like like there's changes in scenery and there's changes in setting, but like it's it pretty much is actually a pretty one note chase for right. like the rest of the movie. Even though they literally go through all three parts of the park. Yeah. There's just like no change in the dynamic and like there are one or two instances where Peter kinda sets up an ambush and but yeah, it doesn't really. go I think go that's beyond where that. you really get to see
1: like a lot of the cracks of like a first-time filmmaker. Yeah, isn't yeah. that because like the the it's like I said at the, at the top of the show the the idea is better than the movie. Yeah, because I think like Michael Crichton's idea is really solid. He's obviously a great storyteller. Yeah, and I feel like in more capable hands, if you had actually because like you said, the build up to the park coming up like apart and just everybody going crazy all the all the robots that is set up really well yeah but but then it's like the execution of the payoff which is the horror of it i'm not against it becoming a horror film yeah i just feel like you needed a more capable
0: filmmaker at that point to really make it work yeah they're there yeah there's there's a film that I want to talk about how this compares to, and I think we'll get there, okay. probably. Before we delve too deeply into the discussion, let's play some Westworld trivia!
1: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so are you ready? Are you think you're confident with the
0: Westworld trivia? <laughs> Look, I... <laughs> My confidence in trivia has been <laughs> has been shaken many a time in recent episodes so we'll just see how it goes all right so as always these are gonna be five questions all plus right. a bonus.
1: The questions go in order from least difficult to most difficult and the grand prize is a bragging rights. Yeah. So here comes... We should probably have like a counter of some sort of how much bragging rights I'm actually... Just actually add up all the bragging rights. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go through all the episodes and figure it out and then we'll yes. we'll let you know <laughs> Like you've just hit a thousand bragging rights. Right? Uh, <laughs> that'll be the day. Right? Okay, here comes question number one. Alright. We're gonna start you nice and easy. Yes. What are the three...
0: Themed worlds that compromise Delos. Uh, Delos is uh, broken down into West World, mm-hmm. Medieval World, mm-hmm. and Roman World. Correct! Yeah. And you were, you were actually surprised that we got to see some
1: of the other worlds. Well, in the movie, you actually commented. A little bit,
0: yeah. And I mean, again, I haven't seen the HBO West World, right. so I don't know. I don't know what that show actually touches on. I mean, I've heard people talk about like the themes of the show per right. se, but um, but yeah, I, I found it to be actually a bit of a pleasant surprise when they mentioned the other two worlds. I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, those worlds kind of sound cool too. I, you know, too bad we won't get to see those. Right. And then it turns out we actually do get. We to see them see a little them. bit, um, but
1: we don't see Roman world as much. We I mean, mostly focuses on no. West World and Medieval World.
0: No, and I mean, judging judging by that first uh, interview with the lady who came right. from. <laughs> Roman world. I I have a feeling the the part of the reason is because it's a little Roman too saucy. World, yeah, it's a Roman saucy. world. I think is probably just people fucking like and nothing else. <laughs> too much for the
1: sensibilities of seventies yeah. American audiences. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you're doing great. That's question number one. Here comes question number two. All right. The chief supervisor compares the increase and spread of Android breakdowns to what?
0: Ah, uh, he compares it to a. I forget whether he uses the word pandemic, but definitely like a virus of some sort, like an illness, like an illness. Correct. Uh, yeah. So he
1: he actually uses the word, the terminology he uses is infectious disease. Oh, okay. Infectious disease. But okay. um, but I'm going to give it to you because Ill- it, uh, illness, the virus yeah, is virus, the illness, pandemic. That's, that's that exactly kind of what thing. we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it's really interesting because Westworld contains one of the earliest references to a computer virus. And it's also the first oh. mention of the concept of computer virus in a film. Oh, uh, yeah, That's the analogy cool. is made by the chief supervisor in a staff meeting when he's talking about the spread of malfunctions. Um, yeah, it's super interesting stuff, uh, and it's almost like you know, they're, they're all, when you talk about like how lifelike can a machine be, or in this case, like AI, cyber, cyborgs, androids, whatever. Uh, it, it's interesting that one of the telltale signs is that they're spreading a malfunction. Yeah. Amongst themselves. It's like, that's how you know that they are becoming too alive. Yeah. Is that it's not, it's just, it's not just one machine breaking down. It's one machine breaking down and spreading it to other machines. Yeah.
0: One, and actually one of the things that I, I found like oddly, fascinatingly prescient about like those discussions that were happening among Mm -hmm. like the doctors is when he remarks about how, um, how, like, AI was used to develop the machines. Right. machines build machines. Yeah, which is actually, like, not that far off, like, in terms of, like, AI algorithms and development today. Right. That, like, actually there is a lot of, like, code that exists now in, like, you know, automated systems that was literally developed by another AI. So, mm-hmm. like, a human was actually so like human involvement in the development of this code is like actually hands off and it was all done by by a machine so it's 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 actually really fascinating to like hear them already kind of talking right. about that idea And and Michael uh, Crichton's work, like Michael Crichton's work,
1: has never been like the most scientifically accurate, as far as oh, obviously these situations are firmly in the realm of science fiction. Yeah. But you know, he he writes techno thrillers, and I feel like his work is always bringing in like those new advancements in technology into, and he really does take the time to do research and at least put in those concepts in in his film. And I think this is yeah, his
0: speculation, his his yeah his. Sort of a, his knack for speculation mm-hmm. about like where where the future might lead is interesting, right, right? Not necessarily not accurate or whatever, yeah. But, but yeah, definitely interesting.
1: All right, here comes question number three. Mm-hmm. What does the queen tell the guest is the black knight's weakness?
0: Uh the black knight's weakness is that uh, he he doesn't see well out of his left eye, yes. so he has to stay to his left left side. The left side in order to prevail. Uh,
1: so, what did you think about that? That was like the first, I guess, major casualty. Of it wasn't actually um, the the gunslinger killing uh, John. It was the Black Knight killing the the guest. Yeah. One. Uh, what did you think about that sequence? How that
0: played out? Um. I mean, uh, it's it was kind of. Or uh, or, uh, how do you mean? Like, or
1: uh, like? Do you think uh, it was uh, an effective? Like, did you expect it to end that way, or do you think like it was an? uh, 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 Did it work as a like a good twist to the film or a a ramping up of tension in the movie?
0: I mean, uh, between knowing that ultimately the the end point the film was going to arrive at was. You know, shit going wrong with the androids, right. and the fact that they were already dropping hints about, like, you know, the increase in malfunctions and stuff like that. When when I when I heard the Queen tell him, you know, the Black Knight wanted to fight him, mm-hmm. I was definitely, I definitely had it pegged as like, oh yeah, this is this is this probably going to be where doubt. where it goes wrong. Um, and and that whole sequence was kind of interesting too, because like, it's. It's it was it was kind of strange how like you know where we're seeing like a decent amount of screen time on this one guest right. who's in medieval world right. who doesn't really seem to necessarily have any connection to John and Peter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I think yeah, this is one of the another example of just like kind of you know first you know first crack at directing you know storytelling issues right. that like it kind of it kind of spreads our focus a little bit that like we have this character who is not that well fleshed out and just kind of is like you know this this hokey middle-aged guy right. who's you know living having his his, fantasy you know yeah living living his best <laughs> you know problematic life um and uh and and then just kinda, you know, gets himself in this weird tangle with the black knight yeah. and ultimately dies. Yeah. And 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 yeah, so so yeah, I think like in the in the hands of a of a more seasoned, more capable filmmaker, like there might have been a way to kind of, you know, give give those sequences the weight that they needed right. to sort of build up that tension to the moment when things actually do go south. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Alright,
1: so you're doing great. Here comes question number four. Yes. Uh, this is uh, you. You're, you're probably gonna get this one too, but um,
0: ah. <laughs> look, look! Don't don't jinx it for
1: me. now. I know I shouldn't. I shouldn't say things like that. Yeah. Uh, how many times does Yul Brenner's
0: gunslinger die, and how? Uh, oh, he died... <laughs> Depends on how many uh, <laughs> that counts in the last one. But uh, assuming assuming uh, death means. Goes back into the shop, is repaired, and then right. goes out again. Right. Um, he dies three times in the film. He uh, The first time he is shot by uh, Peter in the saloon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second time he is shot by Peter uh, in the hotel when he interrupts John. Mm-hmm. And then the third time he's you know, gets acid thrown in his face and he's lit on fire (laughs) and then falls off a really tall set of stairs. Yep. And sparks and shit.
1: Yep. Just... Burned to a crisp, burned burn <laughs> thoroughly to a crisp. Um, um, uh, yeah, that's yeah, correct. Three times, and you've described each of the three times perfectly. Good. The uh, the first one is the the best instance though. That first showdown between him and Pierre yeah. is great.
0: Yeah, really. Honestly, like I think. Yeah, I think that scene was actually probably the high point of the film. Just like because you know they did a really good job of sort of like setting up the dynamic between mm-hmm. the two of them and just like how green and un sure of himself uh, Peter is and uh, and uh, so yeah just like yeah just like all those all those instances of just John like egging him on and then he and then he finally and then he finally speaks up I really wish that they had given Yule more
1: dialogue because I love his delivery of those lines (laughs) where he's like Get get him a bib, or this boy needs his mama. You know yeah. the way he says it. Yeah, <laughs> it's very intimidating. He's a yeah. very intimidating person. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. Um, yeah, it was a really great sequence. All right, here yeah. comes the last question. Question number five. You all are right. acing this quiz. Okay. All the trivia. This is uh, not famous, trivial at famous, all for you.
0: Famous last words. Question but okay. number five.
1: This is the hardest question, but it's mentioned once at the very beginning of the movie. Oh God. How much is the price of Westworld.
0: Oh, oh, uh, it's a thousand dollars a day. Oh, you they got They mentioned it, it twice. They actually mentioned it twice. Before. Oh, do they? At least twice, I think. Probably. Yeah. Probably. yeah there's like a, probably a couple on... times. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, because Peter is like, oh, I spend a thousand dollars a day right. for this and. You know, John very rightly is like, "Fuck off!" Like, yes, yeah. go back to Chicago, you dumbass. What do you want? It's from a wholly me. immersive <laughs> wildness experience. What the fuck do you want?
1: Thousand dollars a day to kill yeah. robots. <laughs>
0: Actually, like even even a park hopper at Disney World isn't a thousand today, right? No, it's not. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I got I, even close. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I purchased. I was there earlier this year. Yeah. And I purchased a three day park hopper pass. Yeah. And it was four hundred and fifty dollars, and that was including For three days, and that was including the max pass feature. Yeah. So, I could, so there you go.
0: Even even inflation, even like taking into Disneyland account,
1: Disneyland ain't got shit on um, West.
0: Yeah, World. West World really <laughs> fucking expensive. <laughs> um, so, yeah, clearly for the Uber. In the
1: range, show, it's, like, way more than that. In the show, it's, like, maybe, like, $10,000 a oh day. Oh,
0: God, yeah. Um, oh, God, yeah. And I remember there was, like, that great scene in a Jurassic Park where they're speculating on, like, what the price could be. Right. And how they could easily charge whatever they want for the park. And yeah. John Hammond's like, fuck off. Yeah. Lawyers.
1: I mean, <laughs> come on. Dinosaurs. What? Yeah. What, who wouldn't I if I could go somewhere and see real life dinosaurs I would save up like forty thousand dollars to see dinosaurs hopefully in this yeah. case I wouldn't get eaten but yeah
0: yeah that's a thing it's like look we've had how many movies now where it, not one movie where it goes right so. right all right, so here comes the bonuses. You don't need these, but let's No, i No, I have firmly <laughs> earned
1: my bragging, bragging rights, rights. By,
0: the, by the sweat of my brow. But, the
1: bonuses but- are really easy, too, especially because you've already picked up on this a little bit. Okay. But the, the movie really does show its legacy or wear its legacy on its sleeve. Yeah. And this goes back, to, again, to that, I, that concept of the idea is stronger than the movie itself. This nah. movie is still highly regarded because the idea is so strong, you know? And uh, here here comes the bonus. It's a two-part bonus. Okay, cool. Part number one. Which other Michael Crichton story
0: features malfunctioning theme park attractions? Uh, that would be Jurassic Park, the Correct. novel written by Michael Crichton and was subsequently written. directed in a film adaptation by Steven. Spielberg. By Steven Spielberg. And we were talking about how this movie would fare in
1: more capable hands. Basically, Westworld is Jurassic Park 1.5.
0: Yeah, I'm actually, Yeah, that's a thing. Like, yeah, it really is like a proof of concept of the whole thing. And and I do and and I think probably. Probably as we dive deeper um, and talk about like the issues of this movie, I think probably Jurassic Park will end up being right. a point of comparison correct. for me a lot. Yeah, um, so that's yeah. correct. And and so Steven Spielberg got to direct the more capable version. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> God, it's so good. Uh, I, I I God, this, this is a bad episode for me because like twice we're going to talk about perfect films and Jurassic Park. I do think. Is an example of uh, a perfect. Movie. I wouldn't go that far. It's no. a really good movie. Oh, that's fine. It's that's a fine. really that's fine. good movie. That's fine. That's just me. That's just me talking. That's not like definitive for anything like that. It is a classic. It is pretty
1: good. Uh, but yeah. All right. So here comes the second part of the bonus. All right. Because, like I said, so the legacy of this movie is is felt throughout all of cinema. And there's another big sci-fi franchise that's really heavily influenced by this film, especially the first of the, of the uh, entries. So the other question is, which other sci-fi film franchise features a relentless half-man, half-machine chasing down a human?
0: Uh, Terminator.
1: Correct! There we the go! Terminator! Man! Yeah, yeah you, you mentioned that While we were watching it Yeah,
0: yeah Talk about the T-1000 Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a
1: reason why it, Because uh, Arnold based All of his acting and movement On Yul Brynner's performance In this movie Ooh,
0: yeah, definitely Um, uh, uh The T-1000 uh, in, in the Terminator movies uh, Was played by T-100 Is Arnold Schwarzenegger Well, R- yeah, that's Saver. the thing yeah. R- T-1000 R- Robert, Robert Patrick But that's Terminator yeah, yeah, 2 Yeah, that's the thing Yeah, in Terminator 2 Robert, yeah It was Robert Patrick, Robert Patrick That Patrick. I was thinking about uh, When I was seeing Yul Brynner specifically uh, But But yes, also very much Arnold Schwarzenegger's work Mm -hmm. in uh, the first Terminator, obviously. the first Terminator has more of a horror film feel. Yeah. Yeah, And and
1: it definitely has that relentless pursuit quality. I think like the second one definitely still has like, oh, they're being chased but it's more like action oriented. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot more fun. Right. It doesn't have that slow burn chase thing that this one has, you know? Agreed. Yeah. Uh, And another movie that really... uh, you can feel the influence of this was actually the first Halloween that director John Carpenter based the indestructible nature of his killer Michael Myers on Yul Brenner's character in this film as well. Wow.
0: Yeah. Good Lord. Yikes. This movie. Yeah. This movie. This movie went places. Right. Like yeah. I'm proud. It, it, didn't,
1: it didn't go places on its own, but no, it inspired but a lot.
0: That's really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So let's talk a little bit more about this movie. Now, Michael Crichton actually became inspired to write this film after a trip to Disneyland. Ah, He uh, was on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and he was impressed by the animatronic characters. And as you mentioned while we were watching the movie, (laughs) that is mentioned in Jurassic Park when Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum, says... When the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the Pirates don't eat the tourists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unlike what happens in this film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jurassic Park, uh, also the, the dinosaurs, when the, the theme park breaks down and the dinosaurs Eat the tourists. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I was, again, I was in Disneyland earlier this year, and I rode the Pirates of the Caribbean. It still holds up. It's a great ride. And you still got all your limbs. And I got all my limbs with me. So That's good. And I was thinking about that when I was riding. I was like, man, like, this would be, this, it was really, ho- I mean, it's, it's a kitschy little ride. It's like, you know, a lot of comic elements, and you're just laughing the whole time. It's yeah, great,
0: it's, it's great. It's, it's a g- great little ride. Yeah. But I
1: was like, man, this would be really terrifying if this was, like,
0: actual fucking
1: yeah. pirates. You know, and,
0: and in many ways, because, cause like, yeah, I've been to Disney World in Florida a few times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, you know, ever since I was a kid, like, Pirates of the Caribbean was always mandatory. Like, right. I was just always like, we we are go. going on this. Yeah. Like, we're not leaving Magic Kingdom till we right. and, uh And obviously, just because of how popular the ride is, you know, usually the wait is, like, you know, you're, like, standing in line for, you know, Hours sometimes. Right. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, in many ways, like, you know, because the ride is so short in comparison to the weight. just like uh, as you're working your way through the kind of like, you know, the, the different fortresses and dungeons before you get to the boats, um, all that stuff, just like the, the you know the like the sense of the air and the mm-hmm. sound effects and the sounds of people singing off in the background. It's like it all just like it all contributes to like that sense of atmosphere. The atmosphere is great, it, yeah, yeah. Especially like the the
1: way the music is used. I think I, we're we we're, we're talking about the ride now, guys. Deal with it. Yeah, we are. <laughs> like, look, let's be real, guys. <laughs> the like the way that the music is used, like where you're you're in the caverns at first, uh, and I know that the, the two rides are, are are fundamentally like they're this, fundamentally the same but they're um arranged differently i know yeah. that so but i'm talking about the disneyland experience now oh yeah uh, you're you you go through this bayou area next to like a restaurant and there's like a guy like an animatronic playing the banjo who play, and he's playing like plucking like the pirates theme yeah. on the banjo and it's all really like creepy and quiet and just like preparing you for like it gives you like this sense yeah. of like oh shit like something's gonna happen and, and then when you go into the caverns and you like faintly hear the pirates singing and the more you come into like the, the big like bigger scenes with the action and all that where the singing is more prominent it really is a seamless experience yeah. you know and um that's it's, it's kind of crazy how like these movies uh bringing it back to the world of westworld and jurassic park yeah. the creators in the movies like very, that's the way that they're looking at it too. They're, they're looking at the rides as how do we create a seamless experience for the guests? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, and, and that, and that definitely has a lot to do with like the, the design philosophy of, mm-hmm. of the Disney parks right. is that it, 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 it is, it is very much designed from a sort of an immersive filmmaking right. perspective. Yeah, the idea it's of theater. like, how, yeah. do you, how do you get, how do you get the guests into the middle of a right. story? Right. Um, so, uh, so Yeah. That's yeah, why it's, it's called so imagineering. Imagineering indeed. <laughs> um, Thus endeth, hopefully, our ongoing endorsement of the Disney parks. But, uh, go to Disney and ride go to the Disney Pirates World. of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go watch movies. Go fucking to Disney World.
1: Um, uh, now, um, both Richard Benjamin and James Brolin were cast less than 48 hours before filming began in this movie. In well. Fact, in fact, the movie had a budget of $1 Million dollars, which is really it, this was made in 1973, but that's still pretty low budget for a science fiction movie. And it was the budget was kicked up to one, uh, 1.25 million dollars. They added 250,000 because they hired Richard Benjamin and James Brolin, and that was part of their fee. So they upped the budget. Oh, wow. and uh, Richard Benjamin
0: was uh, was Peter, was Peter. Okay,
1: cool. And James Brolin, of course, is Josh Brolin's dad. He also went on to marry Barbara Streisand. Yeah, he's Barbara Streisand's husband. He is. You guys,
0: that's that's true. <laughs> These are true.
1: Better backwards. known as. Better known as yes. Um. <laughs> so so yeah. So they they came into the the filming like you know right before the filming started. Uh, They both seem to have a lot of fun in the movie. Richard Benjamin later said that he loved making this movie because he said, said, and I quote, it probably was the only way I was ever going to get into a Western and certainly into a sci-fi Western. So you get to do stuff that's like, you're 12 years old. All the reasons you went to movies in the fir- first place. You're you're out there firing a six shooter, riding a horse, being chased by a gunman, and all that. It's the best. No man, <laughs>
0: look, yeah, you you gotta love what you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, how do you think? So we we talked a little bit about Peter, but not not too much in depth, like how, of them as actors in their roles. What did you think about about uh, uh, about Richard Benjamin and James Brolin?
0: Um, I mean, uh, they their dynamic actually kind of worked. Um, I was I was a little put off at the beginning by like how over eager Peter's character was, and his buddy was just so like not even having it, just like looking out the window and being right. like, "Oh, I'm not I've been gonna, here before. I've been here before. I'm not <laughs> gonna listen to that <laughs> stupid tutorial. Go <laughs> no, get out of here." Um, and uh, so I was a little. Put by that dynamic at first, but I did kind of appreciate how he was kind of like, you know, ushering him in yeah. a little bit, helping him out, yeah. get his bearings, and and, and, and you know, got him to appreciate just kind of this wonderful thing. It, 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 and, and, and the movie's kind of interesting because, like, the movie definitely... The movie definitely relishes in the fantasy right. of what the yeah. park has to offer and and really goes like all the way and be like look how cool this place is yeah, it's it is wonderful cool. and and um I, i've seen this movie several times and, I, and and now
1: i i what i think of when when we see those opening scenes what i'm getting the sense of now is that uh john uh, james brolin's character he's preparing himself mentally for the character that he's assuming once he enters the park and Richard Benjamin just have like, has like no idea what that is, which is why, you know, at several times, uh, John admonishes him and says, Hey, get into the spirit of this place, you know?
0: Yeah. So that's
1: what that's what I'm getting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's go into the first of our GSV segments. This one's called Shut 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 shut. We're talking about the gratuitous violence in this movie. Yeah. Everybody dies except for Peter. Yeah, that's the thing kind of pretty well. and this is
0: like the thing about this movie is that like, yeah, the the storytelling didn't necessarily. I mean, it, it, it's kind of clear because, mm-hmm. like, he is literally the only person standing yeah. at any point. Last man standing. End. Like, so literally, last man standing. But like, it, it, they they don't really. I mean, they they never really kind of connect those dots for us because, like, you you have like you have like the Black Knight fight mm-hmm. where it's clear that that robot. That that android, you know, is is programmed to to generate a a you know a a uh, an adversarial situation right. for the guest. So right. it, it makes sense that if something goes awry and the safety whatever goes off base, that yeah, it, the black knight robot will just kill the guy. Right. And it similarly makes sense that if you know the 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 gunslingers lost his his safety precautions that he would be killing as well. But then there's also like, Oh, the robots are all crazy. And like, you see like one shot of Roman world where people are just dying for no reason. But it's like, what? What? So, hey, so people yeah, were getting stabbed in Roman times, you know? Well, yeah, but but like but, but but the point is there is no like specific inciting incident that explains. Well, we never why really got robots... a lot of
1: Roman world. Yeah, time, exactly. So.
0: And and so yeah, it just it kind of it, it never really connected the dots to yeah. me from like oh, the safety. The safety whatevers that we had in place are not working And we're seeing more breakdowns and stuff like that But then they never really give us a sort of clear understanding of like Oh, now we've hit a new level of breakdown That is all robots are now homicidal and killing everybody Mm -hmm. Like they just never clearly establish that Because it goes from like
1: two going crazy And then they're like, okay, let's shut it down And then when they shut down the robots aren't responding to the shutdown and they're like, oh shit, everyone's killing guests. It just like yeah. immediately escalates to that. Yeah,
0: it, yeah, that's the thing. It just like immediately goes to that and it doesn't really give us, and, yeah. and, and, it, and it doesn't give us enough, it doesn't give us enough like dialogue to it's, establish that that's what's it's happening, definitely, uh, or or enough screen time mm-hmm. of like actually. And it's a short movie,
1: yeah. So they could have padded it a little longer. I feel I feel like the, I mean I agree with you that the pacing in this movie is a little weird. Yeah, but I actually feel like this movie would benefit from a little padding, um, to because there's not really anything, any time given to creating the tension that you really need and the suspense that you need. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I like, feel like
1: if there was more of like that ticking clock mechanism in it, yeah. then it it would have really sold it. And you really get that in Jurassic Park. In Jurassic yeah. Park like when the when the shit goes down and everything breaks down, like yeah. there is this foreboding like sense of suspense and they have to like yeah. Uh, you know, do X,
0: Y, Z in order to bring the pe- the park back online. Well, yeah, one well, and 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 because like Jurassic Park, I mean, I think for starters, it's kind of brilliant how they the first thing you see is like you see the accident happen with like the you know, the park workers where like the Velociraptor gets loose and Mm -hmm. and kills one of them. And, um, so, so it immediately establishes, oh yeah, no, these dinosaurs are fucking dangerous. Yeah, They're dangerous. uh, First and foremost. So that way, then when you get to those, you know, initial like inspiring sequences of like the paleontologists seeing dinosaurs for the first time ever, it's like, yeah, it's beautiful and majestic and and, and takes your breath away. But you're right. But also, you know, in the back of your mind, but there, There's much more to this that's not so great. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so, yeah, in this movie, it it really just kind of starts off with, yeah, we are in fantasy land. Yeah, it's all great. And 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 also another thing that I was kind of intrigued by. I don't know how much this ties into the other section, so I'll just kind of mention now. I was really interested by how, like, it, it really seems like there's little to no character development at all behind the scenes for most of the film like it, it like like it really focuses on like the guests coming right. into the park and getting acclimated but you're seeing footage of the people who are running the park yeah. and managing the park but it's all very detached and it's like all you're hearing is the techno jargon and and them just like yeah. making their adjustments and and the only real character you get is the one the doctor supervisor, yeah. yeah the one supervisor who's who's noticing the issues and then you see, you know, the back and forth between him and the other people and the committee. Yeah, there, there but, really
1: isn't a lot of humanity behind the scenes in no. the movie. No, no. And, at and all. then when the part goes down, like you you see them talking about struggling, but then the next time you see them, and it's a very eerie shot, I, I admit, like when you see them that they're all dead because of yeah. they're asphyxiated. But you don't really like get to see like any of like the struggling to survive. It's, yeah, and it's you
0: know. just well and, and again this is another thing where it's like, well, okay, we know that the park has a massive staff outside of just the people yeah. in that one control room. Where There's like like all those, you know, repair doctors and, and you know, all the cleanup crews mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So so like yeah, really like everybody fucking vanishes like yeah. two thirds into the movie. And, right. and, and and we're not really given a good reason why. Like even if the robots do go crazy and kill all the guests like yeah so so yeah i think a a lot of that stuff does kind of start to fall off the rails around the time the park falls off the rails too like the the movie and 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 it's weird because i think you know it could be a bit of meta brilliance that like the movie just kind of then seems to spin its wheels Mm -hmm. like the robots are doing and then it just kind of Computers out and dies without much ado. do. That's one thing that's a big difference in the show
1: and the HBO show, which I get. I know that you haven't seen, but um, hopefully you'll see it after this movie, so that yeah. so then now we, so we can compare it at some point.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely but, intrigued. But
1: uh, the 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 show does a really good job of of giving equal time to the guests, the the robots, and the people behind the scenes. Yeah. And there's a lot going on drama-wise behind the scenes, yeah. and I wanted to actually get a little bit more of that, I think, from this movie. And which we'll yeah. talk we'll talk a little bit more about like the whole like God complex thing later in the in another in a, two more sections from now. Yeah. But uh, what are some other like uh, moments of violence or death in this that
0: that are especially memorable to you? Um, I thought the bar fight was kind of fun, mm-hmm. um, especially because I think like by the time the the bar fight happens. Um, um you know uh peter and john are are like are like pretty immersed in like in like what their role right. in this world is. So it's like it's like really fun to watch how they're like, yeah, we're just going to keep playing cards because we're two badasses in a bar. No, mm. no bar brawl is going to stop us mm. from finishing our game. So that way, when somebody does crash through their table, they are like, yep, now's our moment to to step up and, and get into and it. And Michael so Crichton, that was actually, he,
1: he actually wanted there to be a lot of the Western cliches in this movie. He was like, well, if we have a, a, fan, a you know a theme park that's Wild West, then. It's all going to, it's just all going to be cliches. Yeah. So I thought that, that that was actually pretty cool how you did get to see just a little bit of everything that you know and love. Even like the things that you don't see, like the bank robbery, you still mention it, you know, yeah, it's definitely. out there. But then, but do you know, you, you have the bar fight and you get to like, sh- uh, tee off with the gunslinger and all that and, yeah. or square off with the, with the gunslinger. And yeah, I think the bar fight was pretty cool. Um, uh, and also, like uh, when he broke out of prison, that w- of the jail, that was pretty cool too. Yeah, that was a fun little sequence. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, oh yeah, they're they're doing it. They're they're they teamwork, you know. Well, and then, then well, of course, yeah. there was the uh, rattlesnake attack, which is like the first big, yeah, something's moment. wrong. Uh, yeah, and actually, I thought it was um, that. Like, yeah, again, this, there's a lot of potential in this movie. But like, one of the things I really liked about the rattlesnake attack was like. How John, who has been pretty unflappable for the mm-hmm. whole movie, like when the rattlesnake actually hurts him, like he immediately loses his shit he does, and he's yeah. like, this is not supposed to happen. Right. And and you actually like see like... You actually see this like very brief flash of like of like that rich entitlement yeah. of like no this is not what I paid for right exactly and thousand um, dollars a day yeah <laughs> for a this bit. well yeah no and 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 yeah and I thought that that was actually like again it's just like such. Like, uh, like to to sort of see that and immediately recognize mm-hmm. that in that moment of just like, oh, this is this is this like weird, ugly side to this guy that we have not seen at all. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the Which where's I the guy who's to all about embracing? That. Well, that's the thing because it's like you know he's been all about yeah. embracing the experience, but then he gets a little scratch from a rattlesnake and suddenly suddenly the shit ain't what yeah. he paid for. He, he
1: could have so, used yeah. a little more of that uh, that Frank from Hellraiser style hedonism, I think. Yeah, just a touch yeah. more <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe, who knows, yeah, Why just like know? just like egging his friend on like you could do you know they were they were too nice, they're, you know they were too <laughs> nice, I need a little more like darkness in in them, you know yeah' the P- uh, Peter Benjamin or uh his character is talking about i guess like an ex wife uh that it, that he's leaving behind yeah. Julie that he still loves, and i get you you get that part of the reason that they're here is like to forget that yeah. Like, he's, like, his buddy's, like, taking him, like, oh, let's go get, you know, screwed and kill some yeah. <laughs> androids. Uh, and, but, you know, I, I would have liked to explore a little bit more about that of the human element, I feel, yeah. too. And yeah and really get, have the dynamic of, like, you know, like, what one who is still, like, earnestly in love with his wife he, or his ex-wife. And then the other one who's, like,
0: egging yeah. him to be just, just be bad, you know, just, like, kill and just pillage and you know well yeah that's a thing and and again it's like it's really ripe for that kind of exploration um Again in Jurassic Park, it's right, like right. you know they 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 do such a brilliant job of tying together like all of the like the the recurring theme of fatherhood, you know like yeah. like like Jurassic Park, a which is bi- a
1: big through line through Spielberg. Yeah, work. it's a big Spielberg <laughs> thing,
0: but um, but Jurassic Park I think does like one it, it does one of the better jobs of mm-hmm. like uh, of of really making that uh, like a, a core theme of the film and makes like how the character characters you know face up to the various breakdowns they're going through sort of circle back to that right. to that theme and yeah. all that so mm-hmm. yeah absolutely
1: when uh, when taking shooting lessons for his role richard benjamin trained with a revolver that had intermittent unloaded chambers so that he would not get used to anticipating the shots that's uh why in the movie he doesn't blink when he shoots
0: oh yeah interesting that
1: is pretty cool. I, I, I guess like if you expect the shot, you would like blink because you're like, oh, it's going to, <laughs> it's going to be really loud and kick back. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. But interesting. But you know, a real man doesn't blink when he shoots. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, another interesting piece of trivia: the gunslinger's appearance is based on Chris Adams, who was also played by uh, Yul Brenner in the movie The Magnificent Seven which was an earlier Western based on Akira Kurosawa's film, The Seven Samurai. Mm-hmm. Um, the two characters' costumes are nearly identical. Um, now, Yul Brenner agreed to play the role of the gunslinger for only $75,000, which was not a lot of money even in 1973 for an actor. And he did so because he wa- ha- was having money trouble at the time.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: Wow. kind of
0: sad. That's
1: fascinating. Uh, in the scene where Richard Benjamin splashes the gunslinger in the face with acid, and then all the smoke comes out, and you see the foaming yeah. in the face, that was actually one of the cooler, I think, effects of the film.
0: Yeah, that. Yeah, that. That sequence was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that. That combined with the lighting him on fire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: Now Brenner's face was covered with an oil-based makeup that was mixed with ground-up Alka-Seltzer. That's how they got the splash of water to produce a fizzing effect. Mm. Yeah. Very nice. So, any other uh, th- uh, moments of violence that stand out in this movie? Uh no,
0: I'm just I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting actually. There, there was a fair bit packed in there. Now that you think about it, um, yeah, I mean, everybody dies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody <laughs> fucking dies. Um, actually, it was uh the, the the second showdown between Peter and and the gunslinger. Actually, out the window, cool too. yeah, mm-hmm. when he blasts him out the window, and, yeah, and yeah, by that moment, <laughs> I, I love the way he said, "Was he bothering you?" <laughs> He's not gonna trouble you he won't anymore. Will bother you again. <laughs> He's like a badass. Yeah, it was really funny, but like kind of cute, too. Yeah. Like, oh, you're such a you're such a fucking goober. Like, god damn it. Turning the tables a little bit. A little bit. Well, just a little bit.
1: Let's go into our next segment. This one's called Boob, Boob Tube. Tube. We're talking about the gratuitous sex in Westworld. It's a yeah. PG movie. So it it's is a PG movie. It's fairly tame. Yeah. But there is some sex in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean they're they're not shy about you know, they're they're not shy about you know the fact that uh, you know the guests must be able to uh you know enjoy Fornicate. and enjoy all of the <laughs> elements of their of their visit, including those bordello, yeah, the brothel, I guess, or bordello or a brothel. What would be appropriate for a Wild West? Well, uh, well. Uh, uh
1: both (laughs) i don't know look uh, are those are those interchangeable terms i don't need to worry
0: about no book learning words Um, are those interchangeable words bordello brothel i actually don't know (laughs)
1: i think a bordello is like i don't know like a destination and a brothel is like a saloon where you can also uh, acquire sex or actually i i think it's the other way around oh is it i think the brothel is the destination like a ranch and then the
0: Bordello. Oh, I don't the, know. You the, know. I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm making all the listeners, stuff. dear listeners, if you know the difference between a Bordello know. and a brothel, we don't know any. Shout of Shout out to
1: us on Help. Twitter Help at GSV <laughs> Let us know <laughs> who is
0: right, who is wrong. Well, I mean, we both don't know, so yeah. Um, so so I I have to start with again mentioning the woman who like gets interviewed at I, the very beginning. I thought of you the were movie. gonna say the woman from Jurassic
1: Park. Okay, the woman from
0: who was interviewed? Yes, I I might have mentioned uh to her before we started yes, re- recording, yes. but um, just like how funny that was that um. Like, you know, obviously the interviews, like interviewing all the people like, oh, what world did you come from? Uh, What was it like there? And and for her, it was just like, oh, I just came from Roman world. And she just had this glow on her face, just like all those handsome men. It was wonderful. And I was just like, oh, easy access with those togas. You. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Good Lord. Um, Yeah, she 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 had herself a good time, clearly um, with the hunks of Rome world
1: what did you think about that beginning uh just a little side note here do you think that that served the movie well to set it up like a I i guess it was like a quasi like commercial yeah
0: like kind thing? of an ad or something mm-hmm. um i think it, it makes sense it makes sense to kind of do it like that again like clearly the, the tack the movie's going for is like we want to sell you on the idea of the park mm-hmm. so that like when it goes wrong, you have a—it's a, a big shock. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, it's so perfect, and they've thought of everything except they clearly haven't thought of everything. <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> so nothing uh, can go wrong. Yeah. But but <laughs> yeah, they were re- yeah they were pretty they were pretty on the nose with just how how perfect it all is, and 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 also like how on the nose they were with like that very first guy they did interviews where he says he killed a bunch of people. He's like, well, I I don't think they were people. I mm-hmm. think they were androids. But like you know. Obviously, they're. It's like, yeah, it's 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 very like they 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 were not shy about like, oh yeah, it's clearly a murky thing, right? Um, right. But then again, they don't ever actually really explore it that much either, and they don't, they don't. yeah they don't really ever go that much deeper into because I, I
1: think questions. like uh, um they like whenever they're at the uh, bordello slash brothel whatever you yeah. want to call it whenever they're at the place of loose women. Um, Peter does, does seem to have like misgivings with uh indulging in the pleasures of the flesh yeah. but then after his encounter with the the lovely lady um he he says this place
0: is really cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, they really yeah. We're we're really laying it on thick with with his little afterglow mm-hmm. there. Um, <laughs> I mean, so l- which which I think again, like I think it, it it could have made for a good character moment because obviously, as yeah. you, as you pointed out, he was you know getting he, over his yeah wife. he was getting over a relationship and and uh, so yeah, I think that that could have been a good a good you know opportunity for you know just diving a little more yeah, into just absolutely. how he is he's kind of you know he's kind of you know re- re- getting getting back in touch with his manhood in a, uh, right. in a way yeah. like you you, Very you, much so. you yeah you have room to kind of explore i, I wish mean, again, that, that had been better established yeah yeah i think definitely um yeah there yeah just because, because, again there's so much potential because
1: even even his um squaring off with the
0: gunslinger could
1: be seen as him Regaining his manhood, but it was never framed that way. Yeah, but it could totally—if you—if you you had done that, it would have been more compelling. Yeah, and then like the battle at the end, you know, would have been like him battling his own misgivings. Yeah, his own. sense of emasculation
0: well yeah especially because i think you know of the fact that he's um that he's always depending on john that john's kind of like you know guiding him through this thing but then he really is like on his own Mm -hmm. and and he has to survive on his own so yeah i think it's just like yeah there's there's so much potential here there is and and um and and the framework is is there Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah there's there's a good structure in place and um and And really solid world building, and then they and just a lot of a lot of that, and then they just didn 't take it that last month a lot of that is definitely
1: expanded in the show again, um, so I want to talk about like the female characters in this film, which are they 're not a lot of uh, female characters and and really, so we have not like,
0: re- uh, really not any like now that I think about it I mean like, they
1: are they do exist, but they 're not main characters, yeah, so that we have like the the ladies of the night, and then we have daphne Daphne's the only one that 's given like a little bit of agency because. She rebels against the idea of being a sex robot. they even mention it that she 's a sex model, yeah, and she 's refusing seduction, yeah, so she 's the only one who's given i mean again we don 't really know anything about her she's not really established in any
0: way, but no, uh, not really, yeah, I mean that's a thing like it and yeah and and it's interesting because they 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 write off that moment of resistance just as quickly of like oh yeah. that's a glitch that shouldn't be right. happening let's get her out of there and I mean she's it. a cyborg yeah they're not made so, for it. they're not made to refuse yeah um yeah that yeah and again i don't know if we're if we're already starting to kind of touch into the next section but like yeah, yeah. let's go
1: into it cuz this kind of ties into that so the next segment is uh,
0: uh, uh, that's problematic, problematic. <laughs> and and yeah like i think it's it's interesting cuz uh, from from what I've heard, you know, what from what I what I picked up near the water cooler uh-huh. when it comes to Westworld the show uh-huh. is like that um is that the show really does go into like, you know, into those questions of agency and yeah. the fact that like, you know, the the androids really are subjected to all kinds of violence both right. like Physical violence and sexual yeah. violence and and all that stuff as well, and that the show really really does actually like reckon with that stuff. Whereas like in this, like it's just barely touched. Yeah, upon. it's like barely touched. But the upon. idea is there. Yeah, the idea is there. Which which I guess in a way there's already maybe you know a, a bit of credit that can be given to it. But also it's I think that in it, it it doesn't necessarily I don't know like it just it it you know it ultimately it it boils down to i think like just a um like a you know a a, a brief moment of physical comedy right. really and then that's what it ends up being and, and and then just like you know not much more than that especially <laughs> the, like my imagination, like I actually kind of got worried. Like when he first, when when the guest first meets Daphne, yeah. and you have like him saying, "Oh, hi there," and right. then and then it cuts away for a second. I was like, Ooh, "That's Ooh. like that was a little ominous." Just the way What's it cut happening? away from that, yeah. Um, and then and then they cut back to his bedroom where he makes his advance, and she slaps him and leaves. And so it's like okay, so they 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 went, you know, they did go in a, a safer direction for that. And and then yeah, like. It's just a conversation between scientists about oh well she, she's supposed to be she's supposed to be having sex that's mm-hmm. what's supposed to be happening so let's get it let's let's do the diagnostic mm-hmm. and and that's it so so yeah I think the, yeah the, like the fact that they raised it um, but didn't really go much further with, like it's 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 clear that at the end of the day like yeah if 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 that's as far as they went with it and and certainly they don't even really touch on just like how the androids are able to reckon with their own mortality. Right. It, yeah, it, re- it, re- it really leaves a lot of that potential Unanswered exploration questions. on the table, I think. Another
1: uh, way that it explores... I guess the issue is of, like, AI ethics or ethics in robotics. Yeah. Um, but um, another way that it explores it, and, you know, I guess, like, I, won't, I don't want to say undercooked, but, yeah, like, halfway formed way is in the gunslinger character because the gunslinger character... I get the sense that he's remembering the encounters and he's almost developing a vendetta based on, oh, these people are just here to kill me and I'm just a stooge to be used for death and I'm not going to let this happen. I'm actually going to get them back.
0: Yeah, kind of that's the thing. thing, yeah, because he, he's never really going after them like in that first right. Celine moment. It's just he's just, you know, being a bad He's playing the part, yeah. And, um, but then, yeah, he he does really seek them out in their hotel mm-hmm. when he comes back. So, yeah, that that definitely made me curious about that, like whether he was actually seeking them out, and I think that could have been... Yeah, the, again, I, I just kind of wish the film would have helped us along yeah. with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. And again, like you know, I I have you know, I've I've complained about this in movies and certainly I don't want things to ever necessarily always be explicitly spelled out right. for me all the time. But yeah, I think in this one in this film, I think they they really you know they they explain a lot in the beginning of the film mm-hmm. and they and they do a pretty good job of explaining a lot of like what the rules are and right. what the expectations are of the rules and and all that stuff and and it's very well realized so then yeah, for things to kind of go off the rails and then they just make the decision that everyone except Peter is dead so yeah. there's so there's no, so there's no way for us to really just like get any sort of context from people who right. are even remotely more understanding of what's going on there's like the one moment where Peter runs into the other park and right the maintenance thinking, guy mm-hmm. yeah the maintenance guy and like and I was actually like really thankful for that moment because I was like oh thank god we're finally gonna like maybe get some more answers. dialogue yay yeah yeah just like some <laughs> fucking dialogue right um and and I was and I was really hoping that like this maintenance guy would at least like kind of I don't know, tag along for a significant part of the third act or, you know, lead lead us you know, help lead us he was to the just next one. But no, he just he <laughs> was just there for a brief drop of exposition to confirm that in fact everything's gone bad. Right. And then he panics and dies yeah. and that's it. And I was just like, God, okay, what? And like and like, yeah, I get it. It's supposed to be desolate, it's supposed to be hopeless, but like it just it was so lacking intention because of how just like one note the whole chase yeah. was, and so it just yeah there wasn't any there wasn't really much suspense left because there wasn't like point. any like human stakes anymore. I think at that point yeah at that point it's just it's
1: not there's no internal
0: struggle anymore. It's all external struggle. It's all yeah. plot points. Yeah, that's a thing, and 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 yeah, the fact that just they yeah because he's just running. There's mm-hmm. no clear. There's no. There's no idea of just like, you know, what's he, what's his goal? Like we actually, like all we know is that he's running from the gunslinger, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Like nothing else. He just literally is going to go where he can and he's going to keep running till he can't run anymore. And like, yeah, like in, in Jurassic Park, like mm-hmm. it's just like things are going south. So it's like you have you have everybody broken up into different groups. So you have people able to bounce things off each other. But also it's like, you have some people who know more about what's going on than others do. So you're able to kind of then put together that building tension of like, well, if we want to get the park back online, we got to do this. If we want to get back to here, we have to cut through. Like, it's just like you, you have to, you have to, yeah, you have to give the audience like an idea of like what it is they're trying to do next. And, and yeah, so to have only one character for the rest of the film, I'm, I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but like you've got to the kind really changing the audience. But, but yeah, you're shortchanging the audience, and you are just and you need to you need to you know, you, I agree. If, if, if you are gonna have one person, then you you need to be really really clear about yeah. like moment. You you just you need to be much clearer about like how you're going to how you're going to use those final moments and you have to figure out a way to build tension beyond just like it's a chase now.
1: I I agree. I feel like the movie um again, going back to this mantra of tonight's episode, the idea is much stronger than what we see on screen. Yeah. I feel like it's not fully explored in this and it could have been a really special movie if we had more of that human element not just in the human characters but in the androids themselves, yeah, and really just allowed us to explore their world and like, how do they feel like being repaired night after night and then thrust back out there, and and just really give us a sense of their autonomy. Yeah. I think that that's or really what's even missing.
0: Like, yeah, and even like, do they remember, and should they remember? You right, know what I mean, like, even they probably just,
1: shouldn't. Yeah, that's yeah, a malfunction. Yeah,
0: like that's like, yeah, just that. Just a little, just an answer to the one of those two questions would automatically give us a lot more to kind of work with as far and as like the building of tension, the big and and the suspense, and
1: the big I think payoff uh, that's never mentioned in this movie, which I think is really interesting, is definitely a, a big theme in the show. Is what what the creators term as malfunctions is in humans what we would call evolution? Yeah. And so, like in in when you give that human element to an android, in humanity mutations, which are malfunctions, yeah, are what ultimately give us the ability to adapt and become stronger or weaker, and we then survival of the fittest. Uh, um, comes into play and we become who who we end up being, you know? And in the case of these robots, yeah, like, you know, these malfunctions that are causing them to not follow directions or to remember things that they shouldn't be remembering. Like those, those are actually signs that they're becoming more than what they were originally created to be. Yeah. Uh, One of the lines in this movie that really sticks out to me is when they say machines are the servant of man. and you know and and machines are the servant of man man created machines but at what point are these machines no longer machines yeah you know at what point do they do they gain that sentient quality that all like humans have yeah um and that's that's a big question I, i and i and i like that big question i think that's really interesting and it's so ripe for deep discussion and exploration yeah and i
0: feel like the movie just Barely skims it. Yeah, so much potential, so much potential. Yeah. That's my mantra. That's <laughs> what I'm coming away with. It. Uh, yeah.
1: um, Westworld. This is another interesting thing. Uh, Westworld is the first feature film to use digital image processing, uh, and you see that when you see the gunslinger's point of view. Uh, all of that process was developed to produce uh, satisfactory results. It was all like animated to look like pixelated view. It took a mere eight hours to produce each... A mere eight hours (laughs) to produce each 10 seconds of footage of the Gunslinger's pixelated POV. Wow. Eight hours per 10 seconds. Per 10 seconds. A mere eight hours. (laughs) So, um, final thoughts. Well, before I ask you our... Usual final thought question: If Westworld was a real place and it was affordable to you, mm. would you
0: go? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I gotta, I gotta admit, like the whole like, oh, you're gonna really kill people and it's gonna feel like that. Like, you're, like the thing is, like, look, I'm a video gamer and I'm an impassioned video gamer, mm-hmm. and um. And and immersion is something that's very interesting to me. Um, games that do immersion well fascinate me. And as we discussed for a fair amount on this podcast, you know, immersive experiences altogether fascinate me, like Disney Sleep World no more. And, and all that, and, and Sleep No More, mm-hmm. the the show in New York. And so, uh, so yeah, I think there there is there is an appeal there. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, the fact that it's like, oh, it's very violent, too, and all that stuff Uh, might, might. Make me think twice a little bit. Certainly, certainly, I would ask a lot of questions about the safety, <laughs> especially the first time, right? Yeah, yeah. Certainly, I'd be asking a lot of questions about the safety precautions. I think if you if stuff. you if
1: you go to a place more than once, I feel like you would eventually just like become <laughs> desynthesized to it. You
0: know? Yeah. Which also like that's that. Which also that the idea of that is a little freaky to me. Right. That it's like, hey, if 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 this is the level of immersion where you you are killing people like yeah. that, like yeah. I would, I would fear for, I would, I would a little bit fear for my immortal soul. Which away, would bother you, know? you more, um,
1: killing a robot
0: or having sex with a robot? <laughs> um, I, I mean, uh, the sex with a robot thing. There, that's that's a whole, that's a whole like half half hour to two hours worth of podcast. Just Can talking robots about, give consent? Yeah, yeah, just talking about the consent <laughs> question, which. Um I don't know. Like I I mean yeah, I think probably yeah, the the killing I think I think the killing thing probably would be It's
1: funny cuz like I'm actually, you know, binging Battlestar Galactica the the uh, reimagined Battlestar yeah. Galactica. Uh which it's available now for all all seasons available and episodes available now on sci-fi.com yeah. for free. You don't need a subscription or a cable or anything like that. Um, so I'm watching it, and it's really interesting how many of these questions actually pop up on that as well with yeah. the Cylons, and, you know, especially when we first uh, get to the uh, the second battle star the Pegasus, and they have a six that they captured who that the whole purpose of, of keeping her chained up is just to continuously... Assault her, torture her, yeah. abuse her, rape her, you know, all do all these nasty things and all vile things to her. Yeah. But they don't see it as a problem because it's a machine. Yeah. You know? And and that's like it is is a crime that like this is like the a bigger question too. Is like, is a crime based on who the victim is or based on the intent of the perpetrator. Yeah. You know? Well,
0: yeah, I guess that's kind of the thing. So, like, yeah, when when you pose that question to me of, like, what would bother me more, like, having sex with a robot or killing a robot, like, part of it is, like, you know, I wouldn't necessarily... I, I don't think that I would necessarily jump into a Westworld fantasy to just become, like, a mass-murdering rapist right. fuckhead. Yeah. Like, that's, that's some not... Some people the... definitely would, though. Some people would. Yeah. Some people would. That wouldn't be the appeal of the fantasy okay. for me. Like, okay. for me, I'd think, like, okay, like, it might be interesting to, like, get into a gun battle of right. some sort and have to fight my way out. Yeah. And, um, you know, hey, if if, if there is a, a lady of, of progressive morals <laughs> that, who, who catches my eye and and seems willing enough then like, you know, that's you know, that's one thing. Again And if you, you know, save her life. Oh, yeah, exactly. so that Victor the spoils. Like a little bit a little bit like that. Um though obviously with no sense of obligation. But you know, like you see this is the thing. Now you got nah, nah. You see it's it's the implication. Uh,
1: that's <laughs> problematic. that's problematic.
0: <laughs> so um so yeah, I think uh, yeah, I I think yeah, I think for me, like yeah the 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 appeal of the fantasy is is like the wholesale immersion but that's and, that's, and, that's that's and, the question that's the big question because i i kind of agree
1: with you i feel like it would be cool to be in this situation like that like I, if i had the money to go and be in another it doesn't matter what realm i'm in it yeah. could be pirate world for all it could be pirates of the caribbean world yeah. for all that matter you Absolutely. know that would be a lot of fun but there are things inherent to these worlds if they're actually taking the time to make them believable, you know, yeah. and genuine. There are things inherent to these time periods and these worlds that, I, I guess, problematic is, like, too tr- even too tried of a word for it. It's just, like, things that were just, like... Horrendous. Horrendous, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, also,
0: well, also, I think a big part of... A big part of this question, though, too, does have to deal with the question of... Um, uh of the agency of the the park guests in a way too right. because it's like on the one hand yes they're like crafting a world that's you know historically accurate but also it's meant to completely cater to the guests yeah. in all ways possible. So like you know if 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 we were to be you know transported to like you know the medieval era per se like just just wholesale like like not like to a park for us or anything like just there like it, it is it is just as likely that violence may be visited upon us as that we may visit violence upon others because and probably
1: well be- deserved I mean, at that <laughs> point yeah well and,
0: and and so and so i yeah like so i think that's that's part of what makes this whole park fantasy thing so tricky to reckon with is that the idea is that the guest must the guest must be given absolute agency yeah. to do what they want, and and so they are able to do so at the expense of yeah the, yeah to androids and to, and, to, and to the detriment of the androids. So that's I,
1: I think that that question is also apparent yeah. in Jurassic Park. I don't like those dinosaurs didn't ask to be brought back into this yeah. world. Those they were created. They're actually not dinosaurs because they're genetically like manipulated by the scientists from frog DNA and a little yeah. bit of dinosaur DNA. They're wholesale. genetic creations of man yeah and then as ian malcolm points out like these animals they're they're wild things they don't want to follow schedules or like smile for photo ops they want to hunt they want to kill like they want to they want to live through evolution like you know they had their shot and and nature decided that they're no more and now you're bringing them back in like Whatever consequences come about from that, like that's on you. Yeah, and if it's the same with this, I feel like if, if and we're kind of trending that way, I don't know if we're ever going to get to a point where you know we get past the uncanny valley and we actually create AI like the way that we fantasize in these in these scenarios. But we're definitely you know creating. We're on our way. We, we have sex dolls out there, and and we are. Yeah they're becoming more realistic at what point are they going to be like robotic sex dolls and how realistic are they going to be? And and it's like, we reap what we sow, you know, at at the expense of like creating lasting human relationships with each other and learning how to communicate and learning how to like get consent. We're creating like these artificial things that allow you to like get by without needing to put in the work to be human. Yeah. And if, and, and every time that you suppress like part of you that's like, oh, this is a little bit of humanity. You suppress that you're just bringing that animal mentality back and and you're just going to gearing yourself up to do horrendous things. Yeah. And whatever happens to you negatively at that point, like that's you pretty much ask for that, mm. you know? Yeah. And so I feel like the the question again of like the morality, the ethics, it's it's such an interesting like thing to think about. And I, I don't even know how I would react in that situation. Yeah. Like I don't know like if I if I were presented with like a robot sex doll, would I have sex with it? That's a question that'll probably haunt me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't uh, know. I
1: don't know is yeah, the answer.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, in, in a way I think um ex machina oh, yeah. I I think really does kind of tackle so much of those questions. Yeah, it does. Especially just in terms of how you know, you, you have this AI that's been developed and is, and is being kept a prisoner basically throughout the film. And so you're, and, and so the whole film is about poking it and prodding it to like see if it's real, how real it is. And, 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 and then to kind of, and and then for, for the film to end the way it does, where it's like, it's clear that like, you know, you know, uh, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but um, not Oscar Isaac's character, but the other male uh male character. The way he's... um the, the way that he's you know he is he's setting out to evaluate whether it's you know truly an ai but it's it's completely dependent on his own sort of terms and his own emotional right. needs right. and and the ai is actually smart enough to understand yeah. that that is what it needs to that is what it needs to play to yeah. in order for it to then be able to find an opportunity to get freedom for mm-hmm. itself um yeah, it's uh, yeah, and 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 one of the most interesting sort of discussion points that um, God now I now I want to watch X Machina again. But like, one, but one of the but one of the great discussion points that I see whenever I see discussion about it is is about like the is is that like the key to understanding that film is to understand that it's it's not his film, it's her film. Oh yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it, the story is her story. She and and, and, and I think it's a yeah. trick.
1: It's a trick on on us as, as and our expectations as viewers. Yeah, because we we are geared to want to follow the human character and we're like, oh, she's a robot, so obviously she is the object of the movie. Yeah. But it turns out that she's actually the soul of the movie. Yeah. And I feel like a movie like this, yeah. Westworld, would benefit from that also. Yeah. And I think, like, the show definitely does that. The show puts the soul in the android characters. Yeah. But this movie is still definitely still in, in firmly in the human corner. And it doesn't even have that humanity to, to begin with. But it, it doesn't really explore the soul of, like, the androids in this movie. Yeah. I think that that's one of the reasons why it fails. So, final thoughts, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Do you think it's a bad movie, so-so
0: movie, good movie, great movie? Where do you fall? It's tough. There's a real disparity between just, like, <laughs> the potential and the ideas. So much potential. And the actual film. I think the film itself, I, I would kind of have to put in the so-so realm. Um, just because I think it did have a really strong first half, mm-hmm. to be sure. Like, I think, yeah, all the setups, the world building actually really had me intrigued. Um, many moments of genuine tension and suspense mm-hmm um it's just that like it really just it it loses all the wind in its sails by that by that back end mm-hmm. and so yeah, and, and it just, it does never really recover from that, for me, because in addition to just kind of losing its pacing, losing its stakes, it also just doesn't really follow through on any of those great ideas right. that it sets up. It doesn't. So, um, so, yeah, I think, I think you know, its, it's heritage speaks for itself mm-hmm. in terms of the incredible films that it went on to inspire. Right. Um, but uh, and, and so I think for that that does uh, that that does and can elevate it. Mm-hmm. but on its own merits, like kind of more in a vacuum or at the very least like you know by the standards of everything up to that point so so. I agree.
1: I think yeah. it's a so-so movie. I would say it's so so verging on good because there are a lot of good yeah. qualities and ideas in the movie. The movie doesn't follow through, like you said, on, on a lot of the, the ideas that it poses. Um, you can tell that it's, you know, an early effort by uh, a filmmaker who doesn't have a lot of experience. And Michael Crichton, you know, he went on to direct a few more films, but none of them... I mean, I think the, his his most successful film was actually a movie called The Great Train Robbery, which is not a science fiction movie, but all of his other four is into, like, science fiction films... Uh, weren't as successful as this one. Even this is probably his best sci-fi film, yeah. and and of course his like books are. He's way better as a novelist, and his ideas like he created ER. Like he, there's so much like to say positively about Mr. Michael Crichton. Yeah. But the fact is that he's not like the best filmmaker, and that's okay. But we do get to see we do get to see a little bit of the ideas behind the movie, and like you said, like the fact that this movie, the ideas were lofty enough and powerful enough to inspire other better stories. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, and then you know the legacy is definitely secure like you you can trace a lot of those great films um, to this. And and then you know we get the, the HBO show which is Balls to the Walls crazy amazing especially that first season yeah. is is pretty close to like perfection I think like you would yeah. think like in a, in, a, in a show um but yeah, I, I, it's it's uh, it's it's an interesting movie. There's a lot of great questions that it brings about, and discussing it is, I think, really interesting. And um, yeah, I, maybe someday them some will remake the movie into something better. Who knows? Yeah. Well. Who knows? Yeah. Thank you for watching Westworld with me, Ned. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, I hope that you join me next time, and I hope that you guys join us as well as we delve into another exciting movie. Until then, go forth, don't get chased down, turn around and meet your fate, and watch those movies.
0: And go to Disney World. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. You guys are always bring the very best violence. No relationship. No emotion. just. gratuitous sex.